It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode of Locked On Raptors is brought to you by CBDMD. Getting a good night's sleep can be much easier said than done, but don't worry because our good friends at CBDMD have exactly what you need to help you unwind and sleep harder than all-star voters slept on Fred Van Vliet. Sleep PM bath salts fuse superior CBD and melatonin with a mixture of Epsom, Dead Sea, and Himalayan salts to turn any bathtub into a luxury spa experience and give you the relaxation and desperate... <clears throat> and give you the relaxation you desperately deserve. And to make it even easier to relax, regroup, and recharge, they're offering all of our listeners 25% off their next orders when you use the promo code NBA at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code NBA, for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD products from CBDMD. Today's show is also brought to you by Locker Room, which is a wonderful app, audio-only, sports-focused hangouts, and you can join me and Katie Heindel tonight at the halftime of the Raptors and Pistons game for our very first Locker Room chat. So download the app if you have an iOS device and jump on in. We'll see you there at about, oh, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Oh, because like, when I shot, I expected to make it, so like, I don't shoot kind of this. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the free time of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 905 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, March the 17th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. Also, please make sure you're subscribing to, rating, and reviewing all of the podcasts on the Locked On Network that cover the teams that you like. It's probably a pretty good chance that you like more than just the Toronto Raptors, which means we have more than just this podcast for you. Please go find to the shows covering the teams you like and uh, support them as well and as fully as you support this show. It's always appreciated. Okay, on today's show, we are going to dive into some Norm Powell trade ideas, speculation, scuttlebutt, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, he has been, uh, I think, a secondary topic of discussion among the Raptors, obviously, because Kyle Lowry is first and foremost going to be the guy that people are focused on. But Norm Powell, the sentiment around trading him seems to be gaining some steam. Zach Lowe said on yesterday's low post with Kirk Goldsberry that, uh, you know, you can't even count on the two hands the number of teams that have called about Norm Powell. Seems like there might be some traction there. So on today's podcast, we are going to solve a problem that I have uh, sort of noticed in Raptors Internet, which is everyone says trade Norm Powell, but I've seen very little in the way of actual earnest suggestions of what trades could be executed for Norm Powell. And so I've invited in a wonderful guest to help me with that today. You know him from CBSSports.com. It's James Herbert. James, what's going on, man? Is it really episode 905? Yeah, man. It's a lot of, a lot of episodes. <laughs> wow. So I feel like we should be doing like a 905 honor. Like, oh, yeah. This, this should have been a Kelsey O'Brien episode. You're right. Um, damn. You can kick me off if you want. <laughs> or we could like I could give you all my like 
I I am pretty high on Gary Payton the second. I'll say mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I'm really your guy for that episode. No, though. we we'll uh, maybe I'll just repurpose this one and run it on Friday and make it 907, and we'll <laughs> do an impromptu 905 episode this afternoon. That's not happening. I don't have that kind of work ethic. Uh, we're talking about Norm. Norm <laughs> is a 905 alum. There, there, perfect. The symmetry is wonderful. Yes. Hell yeah. Um, so, Norm Powell, James. He's been really good this year. He's got a true shooting percentage of, I don't know, close to 65 or 66 or something crazy like that. He's been ridiculous. He's averaging 19 a game. He's still not doing a ton in the other box score departments, although his playmaking has taken a few mm-hmm. minor strides here and there. Some fun little passes he's throwing recently. The defense remains, you know, kind of a sore spot as well. The on-ball defense, not awesome. He can jump passing lanes. That's always good. But, the you know, it's a bit of a hit-and-miss proposition for him on that end of the floor. He's a strange player to try to evaluate, especially considering he's almost certainly going to opt out of the $10.8 million bucks he's owed for next year and hit free agency, in which he's probably going to get paid quite a bit. So I guess before we get into some potential norm trade ideas and potential matches around the league before the deadline, James, I'm kind of curious where you sit on the question of trade norm or keep norm for the Raptors, because I think I've made it pretty clear to listeners out there, I think I'm very okay with just keeping him around and paying him and see what happens. I think he fits well with the team. He's lined up with the timeline of Siakam and OG and Fred. I have no problem just keeping Norm around and figuring it out later. But where are you at on the whole to keep or not to keep question with Norman Powell? Yeah, I think in a, in a vacuum, like he's relatively young. He's having a career year. Uh, his efficiency would be even more ridiculous if you took out his sort of slow start to the season when it didn't seem like he was really in shape or in rhythm and the team was kind of a jumbled mess figuring out how to play to each other with each other. And he was one of the reasons why or potentially his poor play was a consequence of that. If you see him as a kind of guy that thrives when other people are, are in rhythm, although I think lately, if you just look at how poorly the team has played when it's been uh, kind of decimated by injuries and how well Norm has played in that stretch that argument sort of goes out the window. So um, I might just say that he started poorly, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, since then he's been like incredible. So I think it's an easy argument to make that you keep this guy and you resign him, but I don't think it's as simple as that. I I think it's how much is he going to command in free agency? And I think when you're talking about how like the Raptors having committed a whole ton of money to their other core players, um, if he's going to cost like somewhere near $20 million on a starting salary, like 17, 18, 19, I don't know where it's going to land, but like, I imagine it's around there. Then it gets a lot trickier. So I would be open to trading him, but even then this is not like, this is a podcast answer. This is not a radio <laughs> answer. Um, it obviously depends on what you get. Like you don't just kind of, you know, dump him for whatever. Uh, I think you want a, at least halfway decent prospect and you definitely want a first round pick at this point. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a much easier move to make. If you are also trading Kyle Lowry, um, if you are not doing that and you actually care about this season, maybe you feel like you owe Kyle Lowry, like as good of a team as you can put together right now, then maybe you keep him and you figure it out later. You have his bird rights. You could do a sign and trade. Uh, you can work with him Um if it comes down to that, uh, but it's hard for me to give a straight, will I, tr- would I trade him or would I not? Because I think by definition, the Raptors are exactly the type of team that should be considering all possibilities here. And it'll play out um, like, yes, by virtue of what their priorities are, but also by virtue of what this market is. 
and what like they project next like summer's free agency market to be mm-hmm. yeah i i i think yeah i've probably been guilty of being a little bit too like black and white with my stance on norm like if you get blown away with an offer then sure i, I think you look at it i just to me even if you're paying him like 16 to 18 as a starting salary per year like, I don't think that's some sort of instantly crippling contract or anything like that. Yes, you already have a lot of other money tied up, but it kind of goes into the argument that I've been kind of making that, you know, the Raptors are setting themselves up to kind of do what they've done before, which is keep your own guys, retain talent, be relevant and good, if not great, and then just wait for the opportunity to strike. And having good players on large contracts is kind of handy if you want to go make a trade and take an opportunity to go get a guy who might be disgruntled. Obviously, the Kawhi situation was like a one in a million type thing, and those circumstances may never present themselves in that exact way ever again. But I think having dudes like Norm and Siakam and Fred Noji to potentially use as pieces to add to the team down the line, that kind of feels like the Raptors' basic motto honestly if you look at the last seven years and so i think for me that's why i come down on the side of keeping him but i I can i can hear the argument for for moving on well part of the problem is like this team if we had had this conversation a few weeks ago um it's different because they were playing i mean their net rating was virtually the same as the sixers even though their record was nowhere as good as as philadelphia's um they were playing essentially at the same level that they were last season. Um, it it looked like they were, you know, there was the rough start and then there was the actual Raptors. Yeah. And I don't know whether you can just count on them getting right back to that when you have a bunch of guys coming back for an extended absence. And I mean, this is like weird even talking about, but like dealing with the after effects of like being sick. Yeah. Um, with COVID. Um, but like, if the front office has great confidence that this is like, you know, likely a second round playoff team or like a team that isn't, that still isn't afraid of anybody in the East, because I think the way I would have put it a couple of weeks ago is like, yeah, the East is kind of wide open and the Raptors are probably like a little bit below that top tier, but they're not afraid of the teams in the top tier at all. Like they, they love playing Milwaukee. They don't, they're not scared of Philadelphia. They know exactly how they want to play against Embiid. They make Embiid less comfortable than he is against any other team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooklyn, maybe they're a little bit scared of because I think everybody's a little bit scared of Brooklyn, but they're not scared of Brooklyn's defense. And I think it would like, I think they would relish being the sort of underdogs going into that series mm-hmm. too. Um, so if we were at that point, then it's a little bit of a different conversation. Now it, it's just a lot more iffy. Um, and I think the other thing here is I'm imagining we're pretty much only talking about trading norm in a move that would make them worse in the short term, as opposed to if we're having this conversation under slightly different circumstances, we might be talking about trading norm as a way to get better and to make a push. And the the problems with that, um, I mean, the problem with that primarily like is that this trade market kind of (laughs) sucks. Like there are not stars available on the market um, unless something completely comes out of left field and surprises us. Right. And then even some of the other teams, if you were going to try to make a move where you trade him for somebody who maybe isn't like that much better than him, but just maybe fills a position lead, like a lot of the teams that we might have thought based on their record would be sellers in other years, they, they might not be now because it's just a complete jumble in the middle of um, both conferences mm-hmm. right now. And like 
with the play in tournament, it gives all of these teams more incentive. Everybody's had the same conversation. I've had it on different podcasts about like, take the Chicago Bulls as an example, like coming into the year, maybe Zach Levine was even available. Now he's this all-star when the season started and they didn't look that good. Like you might assume, okay, they got Thaddeus Young, who's awesome. They have Garrett Temple, who's one of the like better signings of the off season. They have uh, Thomas Sadaransky, uh, who's coming off the bench and not playing this huge role. Well, like, now a couple of those guys have been promoted into the starting lineup. This team clearly wants to win. It It's not impossible that they would um, break it up, but it would definitely surprise me. Mm-hmm. So like the idea of like doing what the Raptors did before, where you package a bunch of contracts and try to make that star move. I think that would have been something that even the Raptors would be interested in like now. Yeah. But I don't, I don't really think you can do that. Yeah, there's no teams that are, uh, and I guess that's a part of the argument for why the Raptors should maybe look to sell is that they could kind of become the preeminent seller and maybe be at the top of the market. Uh, I guess that's something to consider here too. It's it's so tricky because you're basically the question is I think everyone agrees that at full health and leaning into small ball and what they do best, the Raptors are really good and like you said, can give trouble to any of those top tier teams in the East and. You know, yeah. maybe be that team that those teams are frightened to play in a first or second round series. But also, it's a question of will they ever get to actually be that because of the the three weeks that we've just seen and because you don't know what the response time is going to be and how long it's going to take for OG and Fred and, and Siakam to get back up to conditioning and all that. Like, it's it's a very... It, it might just be a lost season. <laughs> and at, the, at that point, I, I guess there's kind of two ways to think about it. It's do you move on from a team that is actually good and if you brought it back next year and just kept everybody around and paid Kyle and Norm could be good under normal circumstances where they're probably playing at home and not playing on a season-long road trip you know is is it worth breaking up a good team because the pandemic said you're having a bad season deal with it or do you just sort of take what the pandemic has handed you and say well you know it sucks that this is the way this era comes to an end but I guess we make the best of it and try to move forward and get some stuff out of it. It's a tough question that I don't know what the answer to it should be. Yeah. And I mean, that's why it all, it always goes back to the same question. Like what does Lowry want? Where are the Raptors with him and all of that stuff? Because like, if he decides that he wants to move on or if he's not really, you know, thinking it's super likely he's going to resign, then at a certain point you have to accept reality. Like yeah. I, these are completely different, situations but like look at the pelicans a couple of years ago with anthony davis on the roster i actually liked that roster that they'd assembled Mm -hmm. and they just happened to not be healthy at all at the beginning of the season they did not start out very well and then when ad said that he wanted out or when his i guess it was reported initially um and then it was confirmed and it's fine and all this stuff but like that ended up kind of being a self-fulfilling prophecy of like, this team isn't good enough because that ended up affecting the locker room. And then they splintered further and he was on a minutes restriction and all this crap. And like that, I still don't think that people who looked at that roster and said, this could be a playoff team were like wrong. Mm -hmm. Like that was a talented team. And like this Raptors team, like this season has been like wildly different than that. But I, I think the similarity is that you and I can look at this, this roster and look at, what they've been at their best and say, this is a really good team. And this is a team of guys who have tons and tons of playoff experience. A, a few guys, not as many as you might think, but uh, like a few guys have championship experience mm-hmm. and they should be buyers now. Um, but like reality is their record is not very good. 
and they're going it's not necessarily just a choice of like do you want to be competitive now or not like they have to look at sort of this massive salary going into next season if they're going to re-sign Kyle Lowry and re-sign Norman Powell and pay fair market value and by the way you're looking at um a very weird offseason where a bunch of teams um, Raptors included, we're preparing for a free agent class that is not nearly as good as they mm-hmm. initially thought it would be. So you you could just end up getting yourselves in a tricky situation. So I think were I in the front office right now, um, as it pertains to Powell, like I would be trying to create some sort of bidding war with other teams that are trying to compete for a championship that might see him as like the guy, the missing piece, and maybe be willing to overpay a little bit to get him. And if you can do that, then at a certain point, like regardless of your fondness for Norm and your desire to, um, you know, prove people wrong that like overlook the team at the beginning of the season and are overlooking them now because of what has transpired in the past couple of weeks that they couldn't have possibly, you know, prepared or controlled for. Like at a certain point, if the offer is good enough, you got to do it. Well, on that note, let's turn our attention then to some teams and some match matches that could make some sense around the league. We'll get to that in just one second. But first, uh, let me tell you all about Locker Room, which is a live audio sports only talk platform, and it's free to download and use for iOS users. And you're going to be able to talk to me on Locker Room. You can follow me on there. I've got an account. Uh, just search up Sean Woodley. I'm right there. And I'll be doing one a week uh, for the foreseeable future. One Locker Room session a week. We're going to do a whole bunch of different things with it. We're going to uh, Katie Heindel is going to be on today. We're going to do a watch party for the second half of the Detroit Pistons game. Depression basketball, baby. It's going to be awesome. So tune on in for that That with myself and Katie. Locker Room is a free, audio-only social media platform. Sports fans start and join ongoing conversations. Watch games together. React to the biggest news, rumors, and games. And again, talk with your friends like myself and Katie. All you need to do is download the Locker Room app for free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the league, which is the group. So just, you know, you want to be an NBA group person? Join the NBA group. That's easy. You can follow me again. Just search me up, Sean Woodley there, and you get notified when my rooms go live. And we'll be going live on Locker Room again today, Wednesday the 17th, uh, just before the second half kicks off between the Raptors and Pistons with myself and Katie Heindel. Come on, uh, hang out over at Locker Room. Today's show is also brought to you by Blue Chew, which is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence for when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Just sign up at bluechew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved you'll receive a prescription within days the best part it's all done online blue chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription don't like swallowing pills no problems there either blue chew's sildenafil and tadalafil tablets are chewable Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they are prepared and shipped direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. Just pay 5 bucks shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON, to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. All right, James, let's continue on here. Just a heads up, listeners, on Thursday, do a recap podcast of the Raptors-Pistons game that we'll do the locker room for in the second half tonight, so stay tuned for that. James, let's dive into some teams here that could be Norm Powell's suitors. It's 
I feel like it's a lot of the same teams that are in the mix for all of the players available in this very depressed trade market. And understandably, there are lots of teams that kind of talk themselves into being one player away from championship contention. I'm curious for you, what teams, is there two or three teams maybe that stand out as like, oh yeah, they would be awesome with Norman Powell and Norman Powell would be awesome on that team? Yes, and they're primarily teams that the Raptors would not be like super excited about making better. <laughs> uh, like, uh, I think it would be hilarious if like the, the Buck Hunter himself, Norm Powell, <laughs> actually ended up playing in Milwaukee. Um, but I think he would be really good there. And I think, you know, were the Clippers to get somebody like him, um, I I know Sean that you you would feel a certain way about looking at him and Kawhi and Serge Ibaka on the same team. Um, but I think it would make a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And I think Norm, I mean, Norm gets to go back home and he gets to compete for a title and he gets to reunite with a couple of guys he knows real well. Like I, I think that one, that one adds up to me. And then honestly, like Philadelphia um, is interesting. They are perpetually looking for wing players for guys that can create their own shot that can fill it up. Um, I got really excited earlier in the year about, Shake Milton and um, Tyrese Maxey there and Maxey, you know, understandably for a rookie um, has not been able to really hold on to a solid role with that team's probably asking a little bit much at this point, even if you are optimistic about his development. Um, so, and, and, you know, Melton's good, but I think Powell would demand playing time and fit in really well there were they to pull something like that off. Um, so th th there's, there are other teams. Um, I think, I, I could see like the Celtics being interested. I could see the Nuggets being interested. I, I think the Lakers, it would be very difficult for them to pull off a trade just because of what their um, cap sheet looks like, right. but I'm sure they, they would probably try. Um, and you could kind of go down the list of any team that is pretty good and make an argument, but those are the ones that like stood out for me. And when I was like trying to put some fake trades together, those were the ones I focused on. So as far as the return, I think those teams stand out. There's a couple more to me that uh, I like as potential partners that I'll get to once we start throwing out actual fake trades. But in terms of a return, you know, we kind of talked, you mentioned like a prospect and a pick kind of as like the, the sort of going rate. I think I'd agree. Like a first got to be involved. He's been too good this year to not take a first. And then, you definitely want some other sort of young player to plug into the Raptors pipeline. And maybe there's someone who's been a bit of a disappointment early on. Maybe they just haven't had enough run to be a disappointment or not so far. Um, or maybe there's someone who's established. I don't know. And maybe that affects the quality of the pick you're going to get. But it, it, for you, if you're the Raptors, like what tilts the scales and, and makes you say, okay, like this is undeniably something we have to do. I think if you're, I mean, just, just because of the situation they're in, um, they're, they're in a bit of a unique position because they have a, a lot of money committed and they're not like, they're clearly not just rebuilding, but also I think, um, and it's weird. We do this in the NBA, right? Like imagine explaining to somebody who knows nothing about the NBA that like the reason why we're talking about moving Norman Powell is he's been so good <laughs> and that they don't want to pay him necessarily. But like, that's primarily what it is, right? It's like they, they, if they thought they could bring back Powell on like the same contract, if, if Norman Powell told them today, I'm picking up my option. Like we're not having this conversation. Yeah. It, it's so to me, it's like, if you can get cost controlled players um, that are not just strictly rentals or like maybe not expiring like next year or whatever, then like that, that is really appealing. So whether that means young players on the rookie contracts, whether that means um, just like 
you know, draft capital, that that's sort of what tilts the scale. So like, for example, if, if you're talking to Philadelphia, it's like, yeah, like getting a, you know, one of their picks, which, you know, is going to be a late first, it's not going to be great. Like that, that is appealing. But also, you know, I'd be asking about Matisse Thibault. I'd be asking about a Tyrese Maxey. I'd be trying to like see if I could get one of those guys who, you know, Thibault is like an all defense caliber player right now, but the Sixers might be nervous about even having him in the rotation in a like, you know, second round playoff game or a conference finals game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what that's what they're really shooting for. And Maxi, I mean, like, again, like I, I think when people were talking about the, their offers when the Harden trade was being negotiated, it was sometimes positioned as like, oh, well, like they're definitely not including Tyrese Maxey. It's like, no, like they just didn't want to include like absolutely everything. And he was one of the pieces. So yeah. I, I think that in the in the right deal, like you, you could potentially get somebody like that off their roster. Yeah, the Philly thing is interesting because there's obviously those guys have been thrown around with Kyle trades too. And I, I find myself yeah. like constantly trying to determine who I'd prefer between Thibel and Maxey if it came down to one. And... I find myself leaning Maxi just because Thibel is a long forward who can't shoot, and that feels like the Raptors already have cornered the market on that. <laughs> so it's like, do you want another one? I feel like, even though I know he's like objectively an incredible defender, and throwing him out with like OG Siakam, even Boucher, like no one's ever scoring on that team, and no one's ever getting mm-hmm. a three pointer up in the corner ever again either. Like it's, he'd fit kind of nice, and so like yeah, that Philly package. If it's like Mike Scott plus Thibel and a, and a first, like I think that gets close, even though I think Thibel maybe has a bit of a ceiling because I don't know when the hell he's ever going to learn to shoot, if he ever will. It's a, it's an interesting one. So actually, let's uh, we'll cut the second segment short here, just dive into some fake trades, because that's what people are really here for, man. Uh, we'll get to some fake trade ideas in just a second. But first, uh, let's tell everybody about our friends over at Built Bar, who are making the best tasting protein bar on the market right now, and they're amazing. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they taste great, and they are covered in 100% chocolate. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness, baby. Go over to BuiltBar.com and vote in their bracket of Built Bar flavors. Today's matchup is peanut butter versus cocoa puff. I have not had the coconut puff before. Apparently, it's extremely good. But go and vote for them over there at uh, BuiltBar.com or their Twitter at Bar underscore Built. And when you use the promo code LOCKED15, you get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Check back to see who won today's matchup and who will win... And become the best tasting protein bar in the land. Today's show is also brought to you by betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. And you can bet, as I've said before, on like Greek basketball if you really feel like doing that. Real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just head to betonline.ag right now and sign up today for a free uh, free account and a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the code locked on all one word that's betonline.ag code locked on betonline your online sportsbook experts all right james let's get to some fake trades baby this is the the good sh- the good shit we fired up the trade machine we've got some ideas i'm stealing a couple ideas that were sent to me by a friend of the podcast joe wolfond uh after uh we had a, a couple exchanges about norm packages but i'll start with you james uh you've come up with a couple fake trades throw one at me what do you got I, I made this just for you. Oh, beautiful! Uh, this is this is I think this this is the most amusing trade I could I could come up with. It would be Norm Powell to the Clippers uh-huh. for for old friends Lou Williams 
Patrick Patterson, a 2027 first round pick and a 2022 second round pick. And of course, yes, you would try to reroute lose somewhere. <laughs> this is not, I thought you were coming with a Terrence Ross trade. This is the opposite of for me. <laughs> Listen, I, it was for you, not necessarily because I thought you'd love it, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it's a piece of Raptors history here. Sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely good, happy memories uh, in that piece of Raptors history. Good God! Uh, I mean, you do it for the first and the second, and yes. the, the salaries line up. That's that's what it is. And then if you can possibly reroute Lou Williams in the same deal somewhere else for another second or two seconds, or I, I don't think you're getting another first, mm-hmm. right? But like, if you can do something like that, then you do it. Yeah. Plus, Patrick. Patterson, that would be the framework. Yeah. Plus, Patterson's back in town for TIFF. Hopefully, coming getting back to normal this year. You got that. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, not my favorite one, I'll say, because it doesn't include the prospect element, right? And I think that's got to be a thing that comes back. So I'm going to say no to that one, just because, not just because I don't like the, the Lou Williams return, but also because I just think the, <laughs> you know, the Clippers picks aren't going to be good. What pick do they have to offer, by the way? Like, haven't they? 20, uh, 2027. Yeah. Don't think that's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, a pick that will uh, convey when the core of the team is 34. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's going to fly, but all right. What do you got for a real one? How about that? <laughs> for a real one? Wow. Listen, I don't think you're going to be – you're not going to be super excited about any of the ones that I have. Um, I've I've got the Bucks um, doing DJ Wilson, Pat Connaughton, and whatever first-round pick you want from the ones they still have. And then if you're – particularly interested in a Jordan Wara or a Sam Merrill, then take your pick from there. But that that's the basic outline of it. Again, it's just like you're getting a not very good first round pick and you're taking a shot on Wilson and then you are downgrading from like that. That is the benefit of downgrading from Norman Powell to Pat Connaughton. Hmm. Yeah. And I still don't know if that moves the needle in the way that we've kind of talked about either. I mean, the Nora thing's interesting. I suppose, you know, that's a guy who you could turn into something, especially with your development machine. Uh, that's not terrible. I think that's better than the Clippers one. What about uh, if you just made it DiVincenzo and Wilson? Do you think the Bucks would even go for that? No. I, no? I don't think the Bucks have any interest in training DiVincenzo. I mean, I like, I think that is their their piece if they're looking to do something, like, quite big. I don't think they would see if we were talking about like, I mean, we started the show talking about like Norman Powell played in the G league. Like I I remember when he was there and like, we were getting quotes from like JAMA saying, or like Jesse Mermis, I guess it would have been back then. Yeah. Like comparing him to like Avery Bradley, but a playmaker. And it's like, if he were that level of defender still like, like that was kind of who we thought he was going to be then sure. But I think the reason why the bucks really like, Divincenzo is like no he's not like a one-on-one stopper like he's like for example he's not Avery Bradley but he is like a, a hell of a pest on the perimeter he goes and he rebounds like crazy for his size he plays really hard he makes plays he like he makes plays off the ball he gets them going on the break where they're insane like and he's shot really well this year and I just I think they see him as one of their guys um mm-hmm. so I I think the whole point of it would be like they want another guy that they can close games with and they would think Powell would be one, one of those and Connaughton is not quite that and I think right. that like that would be the point right okay so let me throw one at you then how about that um so this one is submitted by our friend Joe Wolfond from 
uh, the score and regular guest on this podcast. We were going back and forth. And we, in our DM, basically just have a, an infatuation with the idea of John Collins on the Toronto Raptors. And so he pitched wow. Norm Powell and Chris Boucher for John Collins and Tony Snell. Picks, I'm not sure. Maybe the Raptors have to throw something in there. But the idea here, I think if you sort of talk through it, it does make some sense. The Hawks obviously don't want to pay John Collins whatever he's going to get paid next. Maybe they do. I don't know. He's been proved this season. He's a good defender now. Maybe that's enough to get them to pay the max for, for him. I'm not sure. But assuming they don't want to do that, they get Norm's bird rights out of this deal. Norm can become a guy who helps them score when Trey is on the bench, which they have been so, so, so bad at ever since he got into the league. Norm can kind of carry those second units. They can re-sign him with his bird rights for a more reasonable number than what you would be paying John Collins, at least in their eyes. And you also get Chris Boucher to help fill in a, a you know X percentage of the production of John Collins. So you can still kind of toe the line of being good now and you know not totally giving up on this season and next season and you know still having you know I think maybe better balanced roster. You know Norm could play. The two, the three, he can you know fit in with all the different wings they have. I, I think that makes some sense. Does that make any sense to you? I think the Boucher part of it makes a lot of sense from Atlanta's perspective. I think that would be like close to a best case scenario for Toronto in a, in a trade like this because you get a young core player that fits with the rest of your guys. The yeah. fact that Collins has improved defensively this year, you know, he's still not a guy that like I. Th- think of as like oh this is a great defensive anchor or whatever but i think he's made genuine progress from where he was like that makes him more attractive of a target um i've i've always loved his game i'm i'm just looking at this from atlanta's perspective and i i'm not as high as you are on like norm powell as a fit there because hmm. they have just like a shitload of wings that it's already a log jam like they already um are if they're ever healthy this year um which you know they're they're getting hunter back now uh reddish is still out for a few weeks um but like once reddish comes back they're they're looking at um like bogdanovich herder hunter reddish like a guy like tony snell who is like starting and playing or has been starting and hit that heartbreaker against the raptors like he will not play they are going Mm -hmm. to have trouble finding minutes for guys that they've drafted in the first round recently so to me if they are doing that um it is because they have decided like we are moving on from, uh, I mean, naturally, I, I think it'd probably be Herter um, that they were going to trade. Um, so right. like having too much of a good thing, like is not the worst kind of position to be in. Like I, if they, they, from a pure value perspective, if they can't do anything better than that, then I think there's an argument like, sure. Like you go and do that. Boucher is a nice guy to like fill in. If you're trading a, a front court piece like that, you can play four or five, whatever. Uh, it's just, I don't like when I'm thinking of teams that like need a Norman Powell, like Atlanta was not even on my radar just because of all of the ball right. handling, all the playmaking. Like they've already, they're already asking a bunch of guys to sacrifice. Like they're the, the reason why they've been like bad on the bench this year is different than in years past when they didn't have a bench. Now they have a crazy bench. They're just, they've just all been hurt now. Like right. they, they get to bring Bogdanovich and Gallinari off the bench. And like that unit has been, you know, c- playing at the beginning of the second and fourth quarters and like doing pretty well just recently recently um when they started to get more guys so it, it the, the need isn't as high for them i think fair enough i'll uh try to find more john collins to the raptors scenarios uh i'm with you they <laughs> should try to, they should try to get him they should try i mean i think one of the arguments for trading norm is you trade norm you don't end up spending money to keep him and maybe that signals you're moving on from larry too and then you just use your cap space on a offer for collins and try to yeah 
go out to where uh, a part where Antland is uncomfortable because man, OG Siakam Collins, that that's a pretty horny front court, man. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really want to see that. Um, yeah. Okay. Another team that I think kind of works as a partner and could use Norm. I got the Nuggets mm-hmm. listed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, they're sort of weird. Like you're not getting like their prospects outside of Michael Porter Jr. Who you're not getting for Norm, obviously. And who, frankly, I don't know if I want Maga Porter Jr. on the team. I like anyway, but that's a different story. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the thing with them is they have like RJ Hampton. We don't really know what he is yet. Bull Bull is just this weird oddity. I don't know what he is yet. But could they sort of package together something involving like a PJ Dozier and one of those guys? Yeah, like Zeke Naji. When I've seen him, he's looked pretty. I good I do this like year. Zeke Naji. Yeah. yeah. Before Xavier Tillman swept me off my feet, uh, Zeke Naji was oh, my man. favorite big in the draft in that area of the of the drafts. So. Yeah, I'm with you on that? Tillman. Mm-hmm. God, he rocks. Uh, but I don't know. Do you think there's something there with the Nuggets? Yeah, I think that like what you described is kind of the framework. Like maybe you're like maybe what they're trying to do is you know they could be trying to trade Gary Harris's contract and get somebody who they can trust to consistently knock down threes. Um, So maybe that is the framework is like uh, based on where Harris's offensive game is right now, that contract is not (laughs) positive value anymore. So (laughs) you would sort of have to compensate Toronto for um, taking on norm and or for giving, giving up norm to take on Harris. And then it's like the negotiation is like, all right, well, like what are you paying them for that? Like, Maybe it's the their first this year plus you're doing like Najee. Maybe it's Hampton. Maybe it's a couple of these guys. I don't know if there's an interest level in Bull Bull. Like his upside still seems high, but we really have no idea um, what he can be. Uh, I certainly he seems think, more like a cartoon character than a basketball player, honestly. I, I yeah, I certainly think it would be <laughs> just entertaining from my perspective to see him and Boucher running around on the same team, just like. <laughs> The, the the skinny bros just blocking three-point shots and running the floor. That would be cool. Um, but I don't know what the Raptors' level of interest would be in that. I think there's also, like, you can play around with, Den- with Denver a little bit because um, maybe they would be a team that might be actually interested in Aaron Baines, um, mm-hmm. and maybe you can then get back, like, a Hartenstein to just sop up some center minutes, and he makes, like, a million dollars as compared to Baines's seven and mm-hmm. i think if like baines is a more kind of traditional fit for what they have tried to do with their backup five position in the past few years when they had uh Plumley there um and you know hartenstein's been a little bit of a different kind of fit he's more of like a pick and roll guy um than than what they were what they sort of do when when they have have their first unit on the floor um not that Baines is somebody you want to run your entire offense through, but like, I think he's a little bit more comfortable on the perimeter um, than say Hartenstein is. So like you can play around with that kind of thing. If you want to get off of Baines's deal um, at, at this deadline and, and kind of, you know, there's some salary discrepancy to make up there just because while Powell is a more valuable player and will be making comparable money soon right now, Harris is making like $9 million more. Um, yeah. But I think that's the basic framework. Like may, maybe, you're doing a Powell and Baines for Harris and stuff. Harris Najee first, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And if you want yeah. to get really like tricky with it, I was playing around with like three team trades where like Will Barton is going to Philadelphia and like Fibel's going the other way. And like, you can, you can, you can kind of like mess around with that kind of thing because I think there is a little bit of overlap um, between Powell and Barton. They're pretty similar players and Barton is in a, 
the exact same position as somebody who is going to pretty much certainly be a free agent in the summer mm -hmm. and demand a raise and hasn't always been super happy with the role that he's played in Denver. Um, and Philly is a team that is a, like, as they are a natural destination for Powell, they would be a natural destination for Barton as well. Mm -hmm. All interesting stuff, man. I feel like we've, uh, gone through do you have any like last uh, deals that we didn't get to that you want to quickly throw out here we've gone a little long but if you got one more we can take it well the celtics have a massive trade exception and right. um they have some players on their team that i personally like i think grant williams would be an amazing raptor um i know chris haynes at yahoo reported that the raptors are interested in tristan thompson which i don't know mm -hmm. how excited i would be about getting tristan right now mm -hmm. uh but maybe Boston is just trying to get rid of him because they have too many centers and maybe they, the Raptors could be compensated for taking somebody like that on. I don't know. Um, but I, I think Boston's at least a team I would look at because of the trade exception. Um, and because they can talk themselves into like, you know, I think they're honestly like they're in a pretty similar position to what the Raptors are in um, mm -hmm. when both these teams are fully healthy, which, neither of these teams has been fully healthy for any significant stretch this year, but I think they can talk themselves in to being a player away. Just like some of these other teams that we've talked about who have better records than Boston does right now. Well, man, well, I'm sure we haven't heard the end of Norm Powell trade stuff. Hopefully this starts the, uh, the, the whole buzz online, this very podcast, getting people up in the trade machine. We'll get Norm Powell into the top 10 most traded players in the trade NBA machine. Uh, Is he not already? Show. Uh, he might, I don't know. I Not my most recent check, but also I have a dumb brain that doesn't remember anything. So maybe he's there. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the site was slowing down my computer while we were talking, so I had to close it. Uh, I got great <laughs> tech over here. Anyway, man, this was a lot of fun. Uh, thanks for jumping on, as always. Where can people check out your stuff? Do you have anything in particular people should be looking out for? Um, all my stuff is at cbsports.com slash NBA and nothing... There, there's some stuff coming, but I don't I don't want to uh, tease it. So just mostly right now, it's like there's a bunch of trade deadline stuff and some, mm -hmm. you know, columns that I've written over the past few days, but nothing that I want to plug in particular. I'm going to say your decision to not tease the something that's coming is almost a tease in itself. I'm very intrigued now. And, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you. forward to keeping an eye out. Okay, okay. sounds good. Uh, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> in two minutes off air. Uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much to James for coming on. Thanks to you for listening. We love you. You're the best. Make sure you're joining our locker room tonight. Myself, Katie Heindel, at the start of the second half of Raptors Pistons. We'll be firing up that room for the entire second half watch party. And uh, hopefully it's not depressing, but it might be. And that's also fun, too. Uh, you can, of course, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts go support the other locked on shows covering the teams that you like and support and we'll talk to you again on thursday with another episode of locked on raptors breaking down the raptors and the pistons have a good one everybody Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.